1: You might call it the tail wagging the dog, getting the cart before the horse. There is a danger to worship. We'll talk about that as well as the delights of worship coming up next. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, those are the words of Jesus in the book of John. And indeed, if we don't worship in spirit and in truth, we find ourselves in danger of false worship. And that's what we're looking at today. Now, worship, it's danger and it's delights. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We greet you in Christ and welcome you to our broadcast today. We trust our time together will encourage you in your walk and relationship with the Lord. Here's Pastor Phil now with today's edition of Truth For Today.
2: Does culture determine the content of what you sing? Now, we didn't even have a piano today. That's why it wasn't sacred. And the organ, you know, let me say this. The issue in worship, whatever we do, Is substance, not style. Substance. I don't care if you do it with a guitar. I've been playing a guitar longer than some of you have been alive. Don't tell me about different musics. I grew up with mandolins, banjos, guitars, before any of all the young, cool kiddies discovered it. I did it when we were holy rollers, 55 years ago. And we weren't consulting John MacArthur on whether we could do it. We did it because that was our way of loving God. We did it with all our heart. I've seen bigger bands and bigger instruments and less worship. Music is not worship, it's the one who performs it that's the worshiper. The singer, the musician. There's nothing that's worship about a keyboard. But if you put it in the hands of a worshiper, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No. Uh, that's what's ruined a lot of, uh, I think, black gospel, is they went to a market, went to auditoriums. It moved out of the context of the church, and it became entertainment. It's different than when it's in the church. There's no place I like to sing and even hear someone sing as like when it's a gathering of the saints. You put it over at, at the Oakland Coliseum, it has a way of turning to a different venue It loses a vertical connection. We're just singing for entertainment. And many folks think that unless we entertain, uh, we won't get you to come. Well, that's proof that your appetite's never been awakened to worship. Remember, music, styles. And we always say, well, you've got to sing to your culture. Here's the danger of that. Which culture are you talking about? Black culture, Latino culture, you're singing to Africans, Chinese. Come on, don't die for style. What we got to die for is the substance of what we sing. The message we sing, that is the battleground. Are we singing ditties? Are we singing about our navel? Are we singing about little this or that? Are we saying anything that's true of God? Are we saying anything that God, our audience, would say, amen, amen, that song? And that's the danger, I think, today. Loudness has often squeezed out substance. Keep it loud so I don't have to think. Keep cacophony, and I might not hear the voice of God. We've got to always measure what are we doing externally. What do we do externally? Because it's easy to draw nigh with the mouth and the heart not not be engaged. I think it's why prayer is the place I have to uh, always uh, sanctify my motives. Why am I preaching? Is it to do something that wows a, a group of people? Or is it something heaven amens? I think something else you need to know about worship. Two things. Truth and emotion. When he says his inner spirit, he said in Deuteronomy 10 and 11, you shall worship the Lord thy God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And he's talking about your internal being. The, ins- the guts, uh, the 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 heart, right? Gut, sing from the gut. Some of you never entered that. I went out with um, Steve Fernandez a while back. And if you've never seen Steve in a song service, you've missed out. He's the most intense singer I know uh, in, in, in corporate worship. Uh, it, I mean, the veins are here. So, I mean, he, he's in it. And, and believe me, he would not pass a music course far as voice. But the intensity of it, and this guy, you can hear him above everybody usually. He, and he sings about the second row of their church. But he is in it. And and one day I went to lunch. I said, Stephen, where did you get? what Man, you sing so intensely. Where did you get that? He said, I learned it from your dad. Huh? Yeah, he said, there's three of us in the church that learned to sing with your dad. Larry, Steve, and Frankie Griffith. They would all sing with my dad. My dad was only in the church nine months before he died. But Steve described it and broke down crying while we were at Applebee's. He said, you know, now I grew up as a Roman Catholic boy. We didn't sing. I went there when it was still in Latin. Latin. We listen, But then I come to Holy Ghost Hall, and I start hearing this man sing. And he said, he's the only person I'd ever heard that I thought they were singing into heaven. And he would sing. And he said, I said, Karen, I'm sitting next to that man, and I'm going to see what he's seeing. I want to see what he's looking at. He said, pretty soon I caught his zeal for singing as unto the Lord, and I've never gone back. Even our Timothy class, it's kind of been pitiful the way they sing because they don't know how. They don't. They either don't know melody or they don't know how to intensely worship to God. The heart engaged. Emotion. Um, I believe that most conservatives have been emasculated the emotional life. They're scared to death of it because they've called it charismatic. They don't know what to do about it. And uh, Jonathan Edwards faced this, and I, I keep um, running onto it. To know God and not have your emotions affected is not to know God. God is not just a big blob of intellect. And, and what conservatives can be is dead right. They win all arguments. And that could be the true side. But then you can get over here and have emotionalism where you've got a lot of emotion separated from truth. You know, the prophets of Baal were emotional about Baal as they cut themselves and jumped on the altar. But it was all worthless. Emotion without truth is worthless, and truth without emotion is worthless. God wants both. In your inner man and with truth. And truth about God can make you shout. Truth about God can make you have joy that you've got to sing it, express it. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when I talk to conservatives, they don't have a clue of what I'm talking about. That's why my favorite places. To preach, if I had my choice, would be really Pentecostals if they let me preach the truths I want to preach. And most of them will, if I'm not there too long. Or with my black brothers and sisters, because they're emotionally free. Conservatives are all, in the name of truth, cognitive and emotionally constipated. They don't know what to do, because it, it has been discouraged and I had a prof in school, when you'd say emotions, he said, emotions are a work of the flesh. I thought, well, so is sex. Do you have it in your marriage? Mm -hmm. But he wanted to be sure we just think Christianity is only for the mind. Why did he say spirit and truth? Why did the Psalms have all this degree of of responses. I want to sing to the Lord. I want to shout to the Lord. It's joy. And speak. I, I delight in the Lord. Uh, His word is like honey to my spirit. Why all these sensory descriptions? And I'm panting for God like a deer that's thirsty. Why all this language? Where, where did we get this emotional baggage? Is that the only part that's depraved? Honey, your mind is depraved too, and you won't know anything about God that he doesn't show you. The whole package is depraved. And men, by the way, are just as depraved as the women. They're not the emotional wrecks and don't know the truth. Friend, nobody knows the truth that God doesn't disclose to. He has to illumine you or none of you. None of you. Einstein, you won't ever get it. God reveals it to babes and sucklings and to whoever he wants. My mind understands what it understands, not because of my IQ, but because of the brilliance of the Holy Spirit. He knows how to make you understand. That's his job. And I don't have to go to seminary to understand. See, my burden for this church, I thought laymen could understand the truth if we quit treating it like a seminary, white, middle-class, private sector. No, truth is for the children of God, no matter what color, what social status, or where they are, if some of us bimbos will preach it and tell you, you come tonight and you can understand more about God than I did the first semester of seminary. Because I couldn't define God in the first semester. No, it's the Spirit. He makes His people, His sheep get it. You've got to be elect. If you're not elect, you'll never get it. But when you're elect, you've been signed up for a course of illumination that the final class will be in heaven, and it's incessant for all eternity. You'll be learning forever and ever and ever. Oh, i got to stop. Somebody bust that clock. I'm not done. I was just shut up. Let me say this. If you don't feel emotional about God, if you have lost your joy, uh, listen to this. Is love an emotion or an intellectual thing? Uh, could a church that's right on doctrine lose emotion? That's what he said to Ephesus. You're right on doctrine, and you know all the heretics. You hate the Nicolaitans. You're fighting error, but in the battle, you've lost your love. That is one of the most scary, because that describes conservative churches as a whole. We're right on doctrine, we know all the heretics, and sometimes you sense no passion of loving God. It's hard to keep the balance. It seemed like when I knew God, loved God the most, I knew the least. Because you see, it's fun to be a fanatic. It's wonderful to be so captured by God that all you want is to go to church. You, you would stand on your head. When I was a young believer, I would have stood on my head if they said that would make me closer to God. I would have done anything. It was the greatest thing I ever discovered. I can't get enough. I was only 15. Well, that's why you're in youth. Ask some of these 15-year-olds over there if they've got that. Can't get enough. Sex? Oh, I just said I can't date. Can't even be around these beautiful girls. Hung out with all the holiness women, had gray hair and long dresses. And called them mother. The only way I could stay pure. And he kept me. Because you see, we act like God is something you've got to market, because he'll bore him once you really meet the real thing. It's going to be a bunch of rules and a bunch of duties and a bunch of doctrinal battles. What about, what about meeting the person you've never met in your life that will never betray you, leave you, or disappoint you? He's everything you've dreamed. You never thought there could be anyone in this world like this. This is our God. This is our God. And if you don't want him, the only alternative is hell. Because he said, I'll vacate hell so you can have your choice. He won't make you go to heaven. Because he's the feature of heaven. That's why I he made hell. People, by the fall of man, have learned not to like God. And I'm afraid many believers, God is just a duty. If he didn't give some commandments and hang them over hell... They never show up because you've never, you know, it's like uh, uh, for our anniversary. We just had our anniversary uh, last, let's see, the fifth. And so, you know, Carolyn, let me get this over with. It's our anniversary. What was that about? Well, I have to kiss you on anniversary day. She would say this to me. Yes, you do have to, but you better change your reason for having to. If it's just mere duty, you can keep it. See, that's what you learn. Most of you adults. That's what you learn when you get married about sex life. It ain't sex that satisfies. It's the mutual love that, yeah, we could arrange that if I know the heart's knit. The bodies come with a heart. But we've all experienced when the heart's not there, and you've just got bodies. It's an empty experience. And most of our world is living on forbidden fruit of sex, and they've never they've never discovered the real item where both the heart is knit and the bodies join. Because if you got sick, girl, or if you got pregnant, girl, this guy's not walking. Because I'm doing more than having sex. My heart is yours. I'll die for you. That's what marriage is supposed to be. Sex is just the bonus. What I really want is her heart. That sounds corny until you've been married 47 years. And you start thinking which one of us will bury the other first. I'm more concerned that she's taken care of after I die. than I am how much I got now. Because she's got my heart. And the longer you go on, you hope she remembers she had your body at one time. Ah, little Jane Dobson won't hurt. Well... I've got more than I can unload. Uh, It's too heavy. I'll have to stop, but I don't, so I'm coming back tonight. I want to say this. God becomes your delight in worship. Your your inner man gets involved. You see, I I nearly died when I first came out of Pentecost because I knew what to do with the emotions there, The only escape I've had is preaching. And that's why I'm exploding some Sundays. But in Pentecost, when I was in the pew, we could explode. Because we had corporate worship where everybody, it was more than... And that's okay. I've done that too. I weep more than I shout. I weep more than I shout. I wouldn't even think Dave Smith was saved if he didn't cry once in a while. But when I know what I know about him... In the grace of God, I know why he weeps. God, God went searching. I knew his mother when she was praying for him. A rowdy CHP boy that had walked away and was out there. I prayed with his mother many a time. Bring my boy back. He's been back a long time. And he weeps a lot. I can't prescribe what your emotional life is, but I know you're supposed to have one. It's like being married, but we don't sleep together. We don't eat together, but we still have the same address, the same house. And don't tell me we're not married. You're married, but you're miserable. And God says, why don't you come back to my arms? And I love what Lewis said. If there lurks in modern minds the notion to desire our own good and earnestly hope for the enjoyment of it is a bad thing, I submit that this motion came in from Kant and the Stoics and in a part of the Christian faith. Others we were taught, don't, don't expect any joy. If there's any joy in it, it's wrong, said Kant, Immanuel Kant. Indeed, if we consider the unblessing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the gospel, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea. We are far too easily pleased. And I would say this, I know three things about worship that must close. According to Psalms 149, gather in the assembly that you may sing his praises together. You know, I like meeting with you on Sunday. I'm hoping to have a group of people, of elect blood-bought people in the Bay Area that will gather in Jesus' name to sing his praises. I want to get with those people wherever they are. If I could, all the churches of Contra Costa County would meet under one roof, and we would have, we would sing in a way that no Mick Jagger concert could touch. We would sing and bust out the ceiling with the praises of our God. Number one, he wants us together to do it. Tonight, we're gathering again, if you want more. Two, he wants us to do this in dead earnest. Not to be dead, but with everything in us, earnestly, because he told Laodicea, if you don't want to be spewed out, the cure, and he gave twofold cure, return to your zeal for me. And it's Zestos, zayos. Return to the burning pursuit of me and repent of your self-sufficient attitude that says, I need nothing. You need everything that only God can give you. There's not one deep heart need you have that money, pleasure, and the environment of this world can meet. I I don't know, being a Christian this long, I guess, if you put on the table everything this world's got to offer, if you lay down all of its kingdoms, nothing can satisfy my soul but Jesus and I don't mean that to be pious. I'm just saying I've tasted enough of this world. I've been to enough parties, enough graduations. I've been married long enough. I've tasted a biblical marital sex. I've had tasted wine. I've gone to movies. I've seen my children raised. I've seen them say I've, Nothing can quench my heart, not a trip to Hawaii, not money piled up. Jesus Christ is the source of everything that makes me have ultimate pleasure, ultimate pleasure, for all of his good gifts is what I enjoy. I got my wife, and I got marriage, and I got the gift of sex from him. I got the money I have from him. I got my salvation from him. I got my children from him. I got all I've got is him. And those loved ones over there. Five of them now of my own immediate family, a mother and father, and three brothers and sisters. I got it from He populated heaven with my brothers and sisters. I would not have, I couldn't sing, I've got a longing, I'm homesick to go if I thought It'd be hard if I knew my mother wouldn't be there. But he's, he, and what he's done in my loved ones is what makes heaven like a magnet to my soul. He wants us together. He wants us to be in earnest. And as I understand it, he wants us to come with expressive worship. See, if you won't express it when we're together, you're worthless to me in the meeting. I can never be edified by people that are mutes. They can be going on in their heart. I can't take that away. But I get no edification. You know, I get edification from when I see you praising him, thanking him, praying, singing, wiping your eyes, exuberant about your God. And you're saying, oh, I can I can recommend him. Let the redeemed of the Lord say